All right, welcome to Crosstalk. <laughs> what? <laughs> welcome to Anderson Cooper 360. Oh, that guy's got beautiful eyes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, today we have two gentlemen, one challenge. Ten words out of the recesses of my dark and cryptic mind. <laughs> this is this, this, this. I like I like how cryptic you're being there. Um, so basically, Nate and I, in a drunken stupor last night, decided we were going to make a duel to make an RPG in under an hour yes. based on ten random prompts. Yes. This happened. This did, did this. happen. Yeah. It started an hour ago, and here we are at the finish line. Let's, 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 let's uh, I think, I think we should probably start with, like, the prompts. The prompts? Yeah. What the hell did I say? The prompts. In order. Uh, no, for Amanda read them. Amanda, you read them. Right there. Because Amanda was the one who came up with them. I, I did come up with the prompts. That, okay, so, Here, so, so the thing is, the thing is basically is, uh, Get this is um, yeah, uh, Amanda came up with prompts, and then we had to make an RPG that used every one of these somehow, some way. That's right. Not only, not only do we have to make a theme, we had to come up with an original system. Yeah, yeah, an original system that uses them somehow, some way. That's right. All right. So here's what I came up with. Um. I'm going to preface by saying I am not on drugs. <laughs> you just, you, we just said picks ten random things. And I certainly did, with nothing at all. Uh, all right, cooking, crystals, green, the color, tobacco, basket weaving, the thylacine, silent films, punk rock, slice of life, and thermite. <laughs> 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 so what did you come up with? We'll start with Matt. Okay, what I came up with, and this is the title I made before I wrote anything, before I wrote anything about this game, it's called The Secret Life of the Thylacine, <laughs> subtitle A Fantasy and Dingoes. <laughs> Turns out Nate and Matt wrote the same finale. Yeah. Oh, we wrote the same dress, too. Um... <laughs> All right, all right. So, the basic premise of this, um, let's see, the thi- the the story stories that men tell today is that the thylacine were merely were merely dingoes on the ta- on the Isle of Tasmania. However, however, the thylacine were actually an intelligent race, um, thanks to green crystals that fell down from space, imbued with a great and ancient power. It ra- it changed them. It changed the thylacine rapidly. From mere dingoes, giving them sentience, speech, mobility, and opposable thumbs. <laughs> Did you look up any information on the thylacine before you started this? I looked up that I know that they're in Tasmania. <coughs> okay. And that they're kind of dingoes. <laughs> and I based everything else off of, like, I didn't have time to do research, okay? okay. Um, we had an hour. We had an hour yeah. to do this. Thylac- I, I do. I also, know, I also know when they went extinct. Um, thylacine society begins in the 19th century in the country... Of Tasmania, I don't know if it's country. <laughs> I didn't have time to research. <laughs> I just wrote. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a country. Oh. <laughs> is it? Off to an excellent start. Yeah. Is I don't know. Is it? Did, I don't know. Just go. See, no one knows. Okay, I'm I'm fine. Um, so the thylacine, the thylacine. Country in your game. Hmm? What? It's a country, country in your game. Yeah. Yes, it's a country in my game. Uh, so the thylacine, the thylacine, shortly after they gained sentient speech, mobility, sentient thumbs, sentient thumbs. Yes, sentient. Their thumbs talk to them. <laughs> yeah. um, they they were originally they were originally a tribal people, a tribal society of dogmen. 
mostly agricultural, but very, very adaptable, very ingenious, very quick. The the thylacine, their first crop, the the first the first crop they learned to grow was tobacco, which is impressive considering how it does not grow in Tasmania. <laughs> <coughs> they also they also they also discovered an, 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 they also were able to find a number of reeds, which they discovered they discovered through the same process in which they dry tobacco. They could dry these reeds. And they realized that they could put them together, dry them, and make baskets useful for holding things. Tabasco, tobacco baskets. Tobacco baskets. Okay. However, yeah. however, the the they, the the tech the, the whatever whatever power came from the green crystals that gave the thylacine sentience, it also gave it also imbued it also gave them the thing that whenever they whenever they used tobacco, it 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 imbued them with a number of great powers. However, this being the 19th century, and the thylacine being a race of sentient dingoes, none of them know about cancer. Um, <laughs> tobacco, tobacco, tobacco is a very, is a, is a very, it is, it is a much used tool by the thyla, by thylacine warriors and hunters, as it grants them, as it grants them an, an a temporary boost of power, uh, as they defend their, as they defend their tribes from the horrors of Tasmania, like say the Tasmanian devil. You do, do you know. The Tasmanian Devil's main form of doing anything is biting something in the face. I did not know that. They bite each other in the face when they're having sex. Alright. That's that is a hell of an act of love. Half, most of your hour was looking up Tasmanian Devil's. No, I just know I just know <laughs> I just I just know this from Radiolab. Thanks, Jad Abumrad. Um so well, so well, so basically, the Thylacine Society divides itself into a couple different things. That there are there are the warriors and hunters, and then the ones that stay back at the tribe, who are not the tribal guardsmen, um, are the are are those who um, there we go, are those who they 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 govern life. They they make sure they they guide the society. They make baskets. They also cook the food that the warriors return. And there is an economy in the 19th century thylacine society based on one's own ability to hunt food, cook, or make baskets. All right. <laughs> the hunts are typically few and far between, though. The thylacine, thylacine, thylacine uh, hunters often go out on large, on large expeditions, and thank, thanks to the thylacine sentience, they know how to preserve the meat. They know how to preserve the things they hunt and keep them for long periods of time, and thanks to cooking, that always tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> so there are there are a few there are a few great seasonal hunts and the rest of the time the thylacine the rest of the time the thylacine enjoy great times of peace in which they can in which they can focus on their own culture cultural improvement and tend to their friends and families however all is not well in Tasmania around the turn of the 20th century there was a horrible being known as man that came to Tasmania like, like, armed with ar- armed with their much advanced equipment, the Tasmanian the, thi- the Tasmanians the thylacine hoped to greet these creatures peacefully, but it turned out these these creatures had great technology not only of peace but of war. Dun, dun, dun. The thylacine, the twentieth century thylacine, are actively engaged in a guerrilla war with these man creatures. Their most common tactic is to raid their camp and steal their equipment. The, new, the equipment of man, the advanced equipment of man, is is another currency among the thylacine. How their favorite, of course, being celluloid film. Ah, uh, I see where you're going with this. Come on, pitch it to me more. Hmm? The thylacine, the thylacine, they go to people's camps and they steal. No, what's the what's the other currency there? Celluloid film. Celluloid film. Films. 
film from the early 20th oh, century. Oh, motherfucker. All right. <laughs> I had to incorporate silent film in this, okay? All right. All right. No, 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 no. So the thing is, from the silent, from the silent scene, the silent scene often, they enjoy, they enjoy bouts of watching silent films, especially since... Due to their guerrilla tactics, man does not often know how to find a, a thylacine, a, a, a thylacine tribe. Yeah. They do not know how to find their villages. Um, but they, they, they take, they regard the adventure, the misadventures of man with a certain cynicism. For the, for the few films they gathered, they realized that the, they realized that man is trying to keep them down. <laughs> thylacine warriors, raging from their tobacco kicks, Realize the only way they can live peacefully is to take down the man. Alright. I see where you're going with this. <laughs> Go on. Um, that's actually kind of where that ends. I get kind of schizophrenic in this because I was writing a shitload. Um, <laughs> the thing is though, the thing is, as the thylacine, as the thylacine kept discover, kept moving around, kept, kept, kept digging trenches, kept going, kept digging small tunnels to go through and find man's camps, they one day discovered the green crystals that gave them sentience buried under the earth. The earth. They buried beneath the land that they called theirs. And a few of they discovered that their proximity to these crystals would also would also slowly turn them green, and longer exposure would grant them an even greater level of intelligence. However, the thylacine that choose to accept the green crystals are typically looked down upon by their tribe members as one they're fucking green. Would you say it? Would you say it's not easy being green? It's no. It's never easy being the color of the leaves. Okay. Um, however, however, it's it's not easy being green, especially when your mind races with the idea of relativity and subatomic fucking particles and chemistry. However, <laughs> however, all these thoughts of chemistry, physics, they imbued the green thylacine with thought. That they could find these elements and combine them, and if they cook them, it would create this vast, maddening, powerful, burning compound. Oh, you're shaking a bit. I want known you. as thermite. Uh... They realized they realized that this thermite, while volatile, while uncontrollable, they could harness in such a way as to combat their human intruders. Thermite has a number of uses to the thylacine, all of which relates to burning somehow. <laughs> The first being, thermite it burns fucking hot. It burns hot enough that it can melt dirt into glass. So a, thi so a thylacine, they take their baskets, fill them with thermite, and they set up a basic fuse. Because the thylacine understand the importance of matches, as they are a tobacco-smoking race. Alright. And they realize that if they, take a if they take a basket full of thermite and they burn it, it will create a large tunnel lined with glass, therefore giving it a natural sort of reinforcement. And they can and they can you use this to create greater tunnels, to create a great underground society in the case that their tribes are ever raided. And the thing and it's basically the thermite, as it burns these holes, it creates something like an underground cavern made of glass. Complete with stalactites and such. <laughs> I don't know. Stalactites and stalagmites and yeah. Cave. It's like a cave made of glass. <laughs> the important thing, though, is that they do not know, need to know anything about tunnel building. It allows them to dig far deeper, because the glass, and the shape of the glass being circle, holds the pressure, holds out, holds out the pressure of the dirt, preventing the, preventing the tunnel from collapsing. Alright. Thermite, and also thermite, is a reaction of a few substances, and also fire. The thylacine, by taking a basket, 
putting thermite in it, covering it with another basket, and putting a basic fuse can turn this can turn thermite into a can turn thermite into a veritable grenade. They throw in, in the case that in their current raids against the, against this enemy known as man, they will throw this out. The baskets will break, spraying thermite everywhere. Oh God. Okay. And then the flame comes, creating this giant sea of insane fire, lighting intense fires in the human camps. And additionally, thermite needs to be cooked. Thermite needs to be cooked. Therefore, making making any green thylacine, whether a hunter or a cooker or basket weaver, cooker. very good at any green thylacine has an ability to try and make thermites. Now, I've come up with a number of possible things, depending on whether you want to focus on the 19th century timelines of the thylacine or the 20th century timelines of the thylacine. <laughs> Before or after man. Before or after man. That is a very good way to put it. Before man, after man. BM AM. Maybe not BM. <laughs> <laughs> but basically the nineteenth century the nineteenth century plot lines, the before man plot lines, focus more on a tri- more focus more on a tribal society. They're they're working they're they are living together, they are focusing on being a society. They have to they have to endure against the elements of Tasmania because in my Drunken Rage, I think I thought Tasmania was a part of Australia. I think it actually is. It's somewhere off the coast of Australia. Somewhere, probably. And the thing is, Australia has Australia has two seasons. It has a season of rain, it has a season of goddamn it's fucking hot. <laughs> the thylacine has to the thylacine has to come up with basic survival against the elements and also against all the fucking crazy things that are in Tasmania, such as the devils. They, you fo- but in between those kinds of things, they can focus on their own life. They can focus on tribal lifestyles. Any sort of slice-of-life fashion. <laughs> Adventure, adventures right. adventures, for, right. the, adventures in the, for the thylacine involve either hunting, either hunting, gathering, cooking, or basket weaving. Um, they also like to enjoy a lot of hangouts and parties. This is a generally a more lower key setting. There's not nearly as much war. It's just focusing on either. It's focus. A great, a, a big threat to the 19th century thylacine is something like is something like weather, <laughs> or a swarm of devils. Weather can fuck you up. Weather can fuck you up. Now, 20th century, the, the 20th century plotline, the Afterman plotline, focuses mainly on the guerrilla war against the invading humans. They want to understand humans' lifestyle. They want to understand how to get to man. Some of them, some of them still think they can work towards a peaceful solution, and maybe they can. That's really up to you. Um, but in addition, in addition, they're not always engaging in guerrilla warfare because that is a tolling thing on a person. They, they they like to sit they like to sit down and enjoy the celluloid film. They especially enjoy this Charlie Chaplin. Um, <laughs> However, however, when they go, whenever they go, they really want to take down the man that is keeping them so down. Additionally, they're working, additionally, the greens are focusing more on discovering more of the green crystals. And additionally, the greens are all about going to places where they can get the elements to make thermite, cooking it, and using it. Important elements in the Thylacine Society, baskets. Baskets are useful for holding things, and given that they're used in everyday life and tend to be used as a disposable thing, they are a very important currency around Thalassian society. 
the typical the typical example I've given is one basket is typically enough to buy a nice meal for a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Another important item is tobacco. Tobacco infuses imbues the thylacine with an intense amount of power for short bursts of time, but eventually causes cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it gives him a bonus. It gives it gives any thalassine a bonus on a on a. Okay, let me. I guess I should explain the mechanics before I go and explain all the rest yeah, of the stuff. Yeah. I kind of wrote these things out of order because I was writing this really fast. So the core mechanics of this game. Um, every thalassine is rated in four different skills. These ratings go between zero and eleven. Every, a thalassine, a, thal, a thalassine right. has skills in hunting, basket weaving, cooking, and discovery. They use hunting to either go and defend the tribe or bring back food. This is your basic combat skill. This is the one you use when you want to kill something and make it dead. Basket weaving. Good weavers are keep the tribe in shape as baskets tend to run out. As I said before, they are used as a general one-use thing. They do the, you know, so basket weavers, basket weavers are typically, since baskets are considered the currency of thylacine, of the thylacine society, a basket weaver tends to be very wealthy just because of their ability to make baskets. However, however, basket weaving is also useful because basket weavers need to be able to culture plants, such as reeds, that they can dry and turn to baskets. They're also very good at growing and drying tobacco. Cooking. Cooking is very useful for making meals and also making more than meals, such as drying reeds or drying tobacco. Um, or, later on, cooking thermite. <laughs> Your rating in cooking gives you more importance to the tribe, and is also a very decent survival skill, because you kill something and eat it, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Discovery. Discovery is good for finding new caches of food, um, reeds, random stuff that may have come up on the island, either before or after man, and deposits of thermite. Or as I wrote it here, finding new caches of food, or what have you. <laughs> The core mechanic for this game, as I stated, a thylacine has skills between 0 and 11. Core mechanic is to roll a d12. If you roll under your skill, you succeed. If you roll above and you're still under your skill, if you roll above six and you still get and you still get under your skill, that is referred to as a vicious success. Vicious success. Vicious success. <laughs> if you're not rating a skill, you can use another skill to cover it. However, you need to come. You need to spin a reason why you can use your basket waving skill to hunt. The more amusing the reason, the less of a penalty you take on the roll. However, rolling any skill untrained requires you to roll a d20 instead of a d10 or d12. Now, character creation. Every thylacine starts with 10 points they can put in anything. However, since skill starts at zero, if you put 10 in something, you are going to be a fucking savant. You are going to be great at one thing and suck at everything else. Um, so be sure to balance. So don't balance too hard because, you know, that's going to suck too. Um, now, there's a couple of... Now, when, one other thing. You can take a thing. You can take one extra for free. Um, I call them classes, but they're not really classes. Because you know what? Class systems suck. Um, so, so hunters. The reason someone's picked as a hunter is because they're either very generally strong or they get the most effect from tobacco. If, they, if, a, if a hunter uses tobacco, it gives, them a, uh, it gives them the most possible power. It treats them as when they use tobacco, they were, most, were most thylacine when they use tobacco, they get a plus four on hunting. A hunter can use tobacco to give them a plus four on anything. However, just like any other thylacine, whenever they use tobacco... They take they, they they lose one life point. Jesus. How, how do you determine life points? The life points are a derived skill. Derived skill. You have a number of hit life points equal to four plus your hunting and cooking, representing your general health either from your lifestyle or your diet. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. The thing is, I had the thing is, it's really hard to try and describe all these things because every one of these things determines something different. And I figured you probably want to pick these things before you go on to determine your derived statistics. Right. 
Um, bless you. Thank you. Okay, so I might as well describe this derived statistics though. Um, so the other derived statistic is a is your knack. Every thalassian has some kind of general trade skill they're good at, or something they can improvise out in the field. They are good at making every thalassian is good at making one specific kind of thing, or also music. Um, their knack is equal. Your knack is equal to your basket weaving plus discovery skills. <laughs> Now, song and dance, as I, as I just said there, the Thalassian love music, they love entertainment, and they love celebration through dance. Your song and dance is equal to your basket weaving plus your hunting skill, representing your general athleticism and digital dexterity. Oh, now, yeah. if you play, if you, if you, if you can use song and dance to impress another Thalassian and give them, give them reason to like you and give you things, um, you should describe what kind of thing your Thalassian is good at. You can be as general as song and dance, or you can say that they are good at break dancing or playing the sitar. Um, <laughs> However, and if you, yeah, and I just described if you need to coerce a fellow thylacine, you can use song and dance to impress them, and they may be willing to cut you a deal. Um, so, that said, um, the other things about the, these guys, um, actually, I could go back to the items, the other important items. Um, so, as I described before, tobacco gives you a plus four on hunting checks, but also deals one damage to your thylacine, damage being somewhere between, like, four and, I guess at the high levels, 28. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the green crystals, they warp your thylacine into a super intelligent and mad being. However, the, gr the green crystals increase your discovery rating by an amount equal to how much you want to lose from song and dance. The matter you are, the more intelligent you are, but the more everybody hates you. <laughs> now, other, now, I have human equipment in here, but the only human equipment I wrote was celluloid film. Celluloid film is a very precious and valuable thing. It is equal, it is a currency equal to 20 baskets. Ooh. Okay. Now, thermite. Um, thermite is the greatest tool of, of, of the 20th century thylacine time. Using successfully cooked thermite in battle gives you a plus six on a hunting check. That is fucking incredible. Um, so, so, uh, going back to the other kinds of thylacine. There are the hunters that can use tobacco to give them plus four on anything. There are the, there are the green thylacine who can handle and cook the mighty thermite. They can find it with, they can find it with a discovery talent and they can make it with cooking or basket, they can hold it with basket weaving and they can throw it with hunting. However, creating thermite is, creating or using thermite is dangerous. If you fail a roll involving thermite, you need to make a second roll with that skill. If you fail that again, the thermite, the thermite unfortunately goes off quickly and deals D8 damage to your thylacine. It is very dangerous to use, but it is a very powerful tool. You get burned. You get burned. You get burnt the fuck out. Um, there is, you can also be a pacifist. Pacifists are very good at song and dance, but they are bad at other things. You gain a bonus in song and dance equal to your, equal to a, whatever penalty you want to take in your hunting skill. So you're a bard. Kind of. <laughs> you're very good at diplomacy, you suck at everything else. Thanks, 3.5. Um, and I just wrote Jack LaLanne. Jack, oh. Jack LaLanne, you are a very healthy person. You start with four more hit points. And finally, you can be awesome, which gives you a plus four to your knack. Alright. <laughs> Alright, now, oh yeah, and then the final part of this, the final part of this is conflict. Conflict was something I wrote up in ten minutes. Any kind of situation, it can be either, it can be either a man, a devil, um, or trying to swim across the side of a large stream. The way conflict works, um, uh, it's very, typically very short, very brutal. You want to avoid it at all costs. Um, if you can get an amount, if you, now the way conflict works is that a con, whatever conflict you're dealing with is equal, is, is equal to some kind of die, either a D D four through D twenty, um, depending on the depending on the, its kind of threat rating. Now, the way that you succeed against combat is you is you manage to with your skill manage to roll a number uh, manage to roll a number 
um, a total number equal to whatever the value is on the die. So it's very easy to take down a d4. It is very hard to take down a d20. Um, there might be something later in a future module about fighting a d percentile, but that would just murder you. Thing is, every round. Thing is, every round you roll with a certain skill. So you're typically hunting if you're fighting. Um, although it could also be cooking to make a thing or something else. But typically, hunting is your athleticism. Um, and the other thing rolls whatever diet is against you. Typically, this deals damage equal to whatever it is. And I have conflict scaling here um, from D4 to D20. D4 is picking up a hurt thylacine that is trapped underneath a wallaby. <laughs> a D8 is falling into a river and trying to swim your way out. A D10 is a swarm of Tasmanian devils. A D12 is a man with a rifle. And a D20, everything is on fire. <laughs> And that is what I have for this amazing game, The Secret Life of the Thylacine. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Punk rock. So, Nate, <laughs> why don't you describe your thing? I ended up spending about half an hour doing that for some Point reason. Point link. Counterpoint. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to need, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to pull up my, uh, my, my document here. I don't have permission to this. Oh, fuck shit. God damn it. Hold on. Where'd you go, Nate? So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Stay with us, folks. So what did you what did you think? I thought no, I thought you were, like out of all the random shit I threw out there, this uh, really <laughs> it was a really creative way to put it all together. You like built this society and this world. When you mentioned, yeah, I remember I just wanted to make one of the core mechanics cooking when you mentioned it. Cooking. Yep. Untitled document. That's my favorite number. I don't know why I said number. All right, Nate. Give us your pitch. All right. Then we'll go out and get crepes. Yeah. Crepes after this. It's crepe night. All right. So, um, the uh, I so when man when when, uh, when when slice of life was thrown out, I sort of knew what I was going to do. I knew I was going to go full slice of life, um, which is to say, school. <laughs> school days. All right. All right. All right. Keep, keep so, going. I'm running. I'm running with it. Basically, the idea that I sort of came up with is that it's an art school. But it's an art school for kids. So, what age range are we talking about? We're talking, we're, we're, age range we're talking about here is 10 and 15. Okay. This, is, this is a very prestigious art school. It's called uh, the Crystal Rock School for the Artistically Gifted. Um, Aaron, I've seen it. Crystal Rock is a, uh, is, is a uh, sort of a rural New England town. Um, the, act, the actual art school is pretty much the, the pride and joy of this place. Um, this is a school that, peop, that, that parents all over the country apply to have their children sent to. And very few are actually very, very few are actually accepted. Um, it's a very sort of prestigious school. Um, students there, uh, you know, they sort of, they sort of, they sort of, you know, they, uh, they, they, there's dormitories, uh, the girls dorm and a boys dorm. Um, and uh, students, uh, they'll have a uniform they wear when they're there. It always involves a green blazer. Um, so so green, sc school colors are green. School colors are school, school colors are actually green and black. So you got a green blazer or and, and black slacks, or like a green blazer and a black skirt, basically. So um, what? I'm I I just I'm gonna guess what their school mascot is. I'm gonna guess the actually, actually I'm gonna get to that here in a second. Okay, all right. All right, the school mascot is punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the. Uh, the the way the way it works is because this is an art school, um, you got you have a mixture of art classes and you know your general education classes, uh, and you have more focus on the art classes. You have much more art classes than you have general education classes. 
Um, there's about seven, actually there's nine periods in a day. Um, and uh, it's about half an hour to an hour per, per period. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, pretty much uh, you go to these classes, cooking, arts, it's <laughs> just general arts. Just general, just actually, it, it's it, the arts here are pretty much arts are pretty much like your uh, like like your sculpting, your sort of you know painting, sketching, all those lines. Okay. Um, music, uh, film is actually uh, uh, is, a, is actually is actually a thing that's there. Um, gym, which is pretty much gym gym so gymnastics, pretty much your physical arts. Sure. Dance. Dance, you know things along those lines. And your general education classes. The general, edu- general education classes are pretty much your, your mathematics, your history, your science, English. Uh, these things that you have to go to because they're teaching you more than just art, but mostly art. Now, the thing here, and this is actually, and I'm going to get, I'll get to this when I get into mechanics, this is actually a very important thing. There are subcultures per every single one of these classes. Um, like cliques? They're like clicks, yeah, because you hang out with them. You hang out with these subcultures mostly while you're in class. Um, and just for the record, the school has about sixty, little, around in the whereabouts of sixty to you know seventy people in time. Um, and uh, consequently, you'll see kids from like ten to fifteen in, in our classes. But in the general education classes, you'll have the kids separated by age range. So that's that's the only time the grade really matters. Okay. Um, so, uh, the subcultures basically are, are, are the people that you go hang out with, you know, in class. Now, there are two subcultures for every single one of these courses, um, because there really isn't enough, there really isn't enough students for there to be vast array of subcultures. Um, and also I'll get to this mechanics in this soon. Um, in the general education, or in gymnastics, so the, the gym sort of physical stuff, uh, you have, you have, um, you have the players in their school team. The players in their school team, the school team is a basketball school, is a basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, they sort of came up that on their own. Uh, it's been, it's, it's lasted for a long time. The basketball team is called the Extinct Dingoes. God damn it. <laughs> it's, uh... Extinct Dingoes is my band name. <laughs> it was, um, it, it was, uh, let's see, oh, what... Yeah, it was, uh, it was once called the, uh, the Righteous Thylacines. But, like, you know, that's hard to say. And people just started calling them the Stink Dingoes, so they just started taking that. Um, More like Stink Dingoes. Oh! And that's actually the thing about the Stink Dingoes, is they're a really terrible basketball team. This is an art school, not not, not a... Uh, this is an art school. They don't really produce the best athletes in the world, you know? <laughs> so there's a really terrible basketball team, the Stink Dingoes. Um, and then there's another there's another sort of club there's another sort of subculture in, in, in the uh, the gym courses uh, the gym courses uh, called the anti tobacco union and this is this is this is a subculture of um, of like real of, of like kind of like you know physical health enthusiasts that uh, that really just like they, they they really really frown on on tobacco so much that they do demonstrations and things outside of school and whatnot um, in the uh, in like the film course you have um, you know the film critics. Their own, their own little subculture, and then you have a really kind of niche subculture that's actually lasted for a long time at the at, at this art school. Um, the silent filmmakers, uh, they, they all coming together. 
they get together and they they make silent films, and uh, it's actually it's actually because because of silent films, they're they're able to do a lot of things um, artistic with it. They're, they're they're able to do very very sort of uh, you know, interesting things with it that because it can't really use audible dialogues, so you have to improv, you have to improvise and make make new things with it. So in the music. You have the classical musicians, you know, your, your, you know, your, you know, your, your, your symphony orchestra, you know, and then you have the counterculture, where a bunch of kids like to get together and play punk rock. Yay! Um, in the arts, um, you know, the uh, traditional arts, you have you have the painters. These these are the kids that kind of get together. They do sketching, you know, they do painting, you know, all those lines. And then you have one that kind of came out of nowhere recently: uh, basket weaving. Um, the weavers. The weavers, yeah. They, they, they sort of, they, this, this subculture just kind of like came about just recently, uh, in, the la- in the last few years, and no one really understands it. Like, why it's so popular? No one really understands why it's so popular, but every, but, but there, there are, there's just, there are kids that love that. Is it, is it, is it composed primarily of hipsters? It might be. It's, it's, as, as hipster as kids between the ages of 10 and 15 can be. Which Pretty is. Hipster. They're, they're being hipsters, ironically. Yeah. Um, and then in, in the cooking, in cooking, uh, you have you have two subcultures here. You have you have and this one started recently. Um, in the general education courses, you have you have your sciences, right? Yeah. There's a subculture that started in the cooking in, in, in the uh, cooking classes <laughs> that started first with one of the kids who was really into the sciences. He decided. That he was going to, because they were using thermite, and in, in, in some some close experience experiments, in the in, in the science courses, this kid always was fifteen or so. He was doing a little kid. He decided that thermite produces a lot of heat. I wonder if you can use the heat from thermite to cook. Sounds like a terrible idea. It's like cooking with C four. <laughs> so, using the heat of thermite. He proceeded to start experimenting with cooking. So this subculture are the extreme cookers. They cook with thermite. The result here, and this is this is a, as, I, as I wrote it, as I, as I wrote it. Uh, uh, okay, so the science classes started using thermite in closed, well-guarded experiments, but then one kid decided to use it as a means of producing heat to cook over it. The result: pyro chefs. Pyro chefs. I don't even know how you. It would just. It would. It would be like grilling almost. It'd be like flash grilling. We're gonna grill a cake. <laughs> the, the the subculture other than that are the not insane cooks. <laughs> These are the people who are really who are really enthusiastic about cooking, but, but not they're not insane. crazy. Yeah. But they're not using thermite. <laughs> they're not using thermites. And then in the general education, um, in general education is it differs um, from the other subcultures in that it has four little sort of sort of subgroups. Um, and I'll and, and and the way general education uh, subcultures work, quote unquote subcultures. They, mechan- they mechanically work the same as subcultures. I'll get to that here in a moment. Um, they mechanically work the same as subcultures. Um, I'll be there's four of them. There's mathematics, history, science, and English. Um, and if you basically kind of go with one of the uh, general education subcultures, it basically means that you really put a lot of emphasis on these uh, on one of these classes in your life. Like you, you really put a lot of study. You kind of lead. You kind of lead study groups. You're in study groups. You you're, you're going to this art school to get an engineering degree. <laughs> I mean, again, it's not necessarily. It, I mean, obviously, some kid is going to be is going to be like kind of like really like math, 
and then he's going to want to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll lead some, like, some, you know, math study groups to help out the kids in math classes that are doing so well, you know? So, I mean, you're obviously, you're, you're going to have that kid. Mm -hmm. So you can sort of take a subculture in general, in general education, but yeah, except there's four of those. Now, let's see here. Uh, all right, and that brings me to um, mechanics. The mechanics are all based on the actual talents, so they actually not the courses. The mechanics are all based on the courses. And the thing here, the reason I went with this, is because thematically, this is an art school that, you go, that, that these kids go to, every single class they're taking actually is, is in its own right teaching a life skill. It's actually teaching something they can use out of the arts that, that, that is extremely effective. And the idea here is that these kids are going to the art school and they're doing arts, they're, they're learning these arts. And they don't really know that the arts, because they're, they're young enough, they not really acknowledge that the arts are really going to affect their lives outside of school. So when they really go any, on any sort of wacky adventures or anything outside of, the, outside of their classes, they use their courses as their, as, as their skill roles. Alright, okay. Feed me these mechanics. So, hand-eye is cooking. Hand-eye, hand uh, hand, hand the sound of hand-eye is, is used in the cooking classes. Creativity is used in the traditional arts. Bravery is used in music. Acting used in, you know, filming. Power is used in gymnastics. And smarts, general education. These, these stats govern everything you do. Mm -hmm. Inside, outside of school. Um, you can have between one and six in any one of these. That being said, you, uh, you start off with, um, you start off with, uh, 12 points. And it's a one to one ratio, you can just put them in, you know, manually. Yeah. So this is a D6 system then? No. This is a D8 roll under system. Oh man. Oh man. That's a huge margin of failure. This is a D8 roll under system. And that is how I'm going, that, that is uh, the, uh, I'm going to use that segue here in a moment actually. Um, so, at, uh, and, and I ranked these. Um, I, I made a little list here. Uh, you want to you hit your skill, or you want to hit your stat or under, mm -hmm. basically. Um, and thing is, is, uh, at a racket, basically, uh, there's a, uh, in fact, here's a chart explaining what expected grade you'd be getting in, in, in what class at what rank. So, at rank one, you'd basically be getting an F in that class. Mm -hmm. At rank two, you'd be getting a D in that class. Three is a C, four is a B, five is an A. At six, stop pretending you're a student, you're now the youngest teacher ever. <laughs> <laughs> so... And yeah, kids start off with 12 points to spend the stats one-to-one -one by ratio. Mm -hmm. And experience points are spent on them. I wasn't actually, I didn't have enough time to explain experience points. Neither did I. Um, <laughs> so, uh... There's a character advancement that's going to come out in the next expansion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, it's a, uh, it's a D8, it's a, it's a D8 roll under system. Now, uh... Oh, stat... both of us went with weird dice. <laughs> And here's the thing, unlike Matt's system, you only ever roll D8s. There's no purpose for anything other than a D8 here. No, well, the, the GM rolls not D8s, is the only one. Ah, alright. The uh, GM rolls the D8s here too. And that's it. You only, you only roll D8s. So, the thing is, is uh, so your stats max at 6, right? Mm -hmm. That means there is kind of a huge margin of failure there. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. This is how subcultures mechanically work into something. You can have as many subcultures as you want. And I want to get to why this is a problem in a second. Punk rock silent film student. 
That would be awesome, by the way, because that would be the most energetic silent film ever. <laughs> now, I'm going to get into that. that I'm, I'm, I'm going to start talking about subcultures here. Um, you have a huge margin of failure, and this is why subcultures are important. If you have a subculture, and you can justify that subculture helping you in some way, shape, or form, you roll an extra D8. You keep the better of the two. I like how both of us have, have a, if you can spin this, you can do it. <laughs> so, so it's like relationships and monsters and other childish things. Your relationship with your subculture betters you to do a certain task. In, in, a, in, a, in a way, yes. Uh, very, very sort of, uh, yeah, as, I, 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 I could say that as an inspiration. Sure, why not? Um, you can have as many subcultures as you want. Problem is, and actually this is, a, this is a thing, if you have multiple subcultures that help you, you can roll more D8s. So if you have if you have like three subcultures, like say you have um say say you're in the cooking with thermite subculture, the science subculture, and um the punk rock subculture. Say you're in all three of those, and you decide you're gonna fucking blow some shit up. You're rolling and 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 you're rolling four d8s, and you're taking the best of these best of these results. Fair chance. You're gonna succeed at something here. Blowing up Unless you're Zach. Unless you're Zach. Yeah, you know, don't go to Whoa, whoa, wouldn't this, I mean, in game, if you have too many subcultures, wouldn't you be accused of not being completely devoted to one subculture? That's actually what I'm getting to. You don't want to be a poser. So, yeah, is, there, is, that, is, that, is that another subculture? Only posers die, Nate. That's actually a thing here. It's suggested that you only take about two subcultures at a time. Because, uh,. You only have so much time in your life, and you are spending, because subcultures, the thing about them is that they, pro, they predominantly meet in class, but they also do things out of class. They, have, they schedule events and whatnot. Well, yeah, you're part of a culture, you're, they're like friends and shit. Yeah, this is, this is pretty much like, this is pretty much in a way a club, right? Yeah. So you do things outside of, outside of school with this club, and you actually have to do these things to get this bonus. You have to actually go out and hang out with them to get the bonuses here. Mm -hmm. If you have more than two subcultures, you're really going to start losing your ability to spend time with them. And if you can't spend time with them, you start you start getting out of that subculture. You start losing the subculture. And you're not really going to get another subculture until you start hanging out with the other ones. So you basically have to actually actively go out and seek them out and try and integrate yourself in there awkwardly as hell to try and get something new. Um, and... If you take if you take two subcultures, basically, um, it's really easy. It's really easy to balance that. Take one or two, really easy to balance your time there, because you got you also have to go to school and such and do do studying too. Mm -hmm. So being a kid is hard. And nobody understands. Yeah. So with a one or two, you know, you can pretty much balance your time. If, if you have small schedule conflicts, you know, you can work around that pretty easily. If you're in three or more, you're basically in a situation where you're going to be awesome at some stuff, but then your life is going to spiral out of control quickly, and you're going to go into deep dark depression because, well, all of my friends are soon going to hate me because I'm ignoring them to do all this other stuff because you still have your wacky adventures to go on. <laughs> you go on your wacky adventures with your subculture. <laughs> now, so yeah, that being said, you can take as many as you want, just expect your life to spiral out of control. And the thing is, the GM is fully, is, is a... Uh, is uh, the GM in these games are expected to flog you with, with, with problems with your subcultures. So if you are in if you are in multiple subcultures, they're fully the GM is is expected to go. Oh, okay, they're going to meet at this. At, at, there's going to be all these meetings here to do all the stuff. Oh no, schedule conflicts. No! And if you're in a bunch of them, 
all these schedule conflicts, and then all you have all these schedule conflicts, and then your friends are going to start not liking you so much because you're not doing anything with them. You're not helping out. You're not helping out the club, basically. And when you're in that age range, if you don't have friends, you don't have any. Exactly, and that is why yes, it's a wide, mar huge margin of, of error, because loners don't get anything done. <laughs> and older posers die. So, um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, uh, and the thing is, 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 uh, you know, you might think to yourself, well, what if I'm only in, like, what if I'm in a bunch of subcultures, and I, and I, and I, and I can, like, what if I'm, like, on, like, four little, like, subcultures and whatnot, and my characters in four subcultures, and then, you know, it all starts falling apart, and you also have that one to fall back on, they're probably not going to like you still, because you've ignored them, too. So, you've ignored all of these people, so, I mean, you're really going to have to work at trying to keep in that group when everything starts to fall apart. And if you can't, you're in no groups anymore. And you're really going to have to work hard to get back with somebody. Now, there's some derivative stats here, um, that being said. And this is also how combat and stuff works, too. Um, combat and, and... What's and, a typical and, combat in this system? Typical combat is, uh... Basically... Basically, um... So basically, uh, you're going it, to... It would be like a contested role. Well, I mean, I mean, what is, I mean, thematically, what would it be? Just two kids, two squabblings, maybe adults. You know, adult, adults going like picking a kid up and carrying him away and putting them in their goddamn seat because they're going ADD crazy. Yeah. Um. Uh. Things, things along those. That's, that's that's kind of the general combat. Um. Or if there's wacky adventures or whatnot, you know, whatever. <laughs> I I didn't actually really set this a theme as having a, of like being. Of like being like crazy serious or crazy realistic or, or supernatural. I mean, this is a thing like that you can just kind of decide on a whim. Like, oh, there's the monster in the closet, or <laughs> the school's haunted, and now you have to deal with that. You know, those, those are things that, that you can just do if you really want to, or you can do more, more mundane things. Like, oh, uh, you know, this test is fucking hard, and you got to deal with all your, you know, all your groups of friends. And Can you, is, 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 is taking a test typically a combat challenge? I'd say yeah. I'd say yeah. I didn't get the, to write that out, but I'd say... I'd, the I'd point say, is, arts can solve anything. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the point in this, is, you, is you're, learning, you're learning life skills. <laughs> that's the difference between Nate's system and my system. Nate's system, art can solve anything. My system, thermite can solve anything. <laughs> Uh, I believe both are. I believe both are valid ideas. <laughs> now you have now basically there are two derivative stats here, and this is how also how combat and everything like that works. There's a will and way. Your uh, your will is pretty much like your uh, your your body. It's, it's, it's like your your, yeah. your 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 physical your physical uh, thing stuff. Uh, and your way is pretty much your mental your your, your mental endurance. Mm -hmm. um, you uh, the way these the way these are derived is um, you take your you take your ranks in uh, for for will is uh, power plus hand eye. Okay. Way is acting plus bravery. Uh, if someone basically is, in, in how combat works is uh, it's a contested thing. It's like oh yeah I'm going to say I'm going to be like all right Matt I'm going to punch you in the face I'm going to go straight powerhouse on your face bitch. And you'd be like, no, I'm gonna. You'd be like, but uh, my name's not Campin, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly put this thing that I've been whittling in front of my face to block it. I'll block your hand with this piece of wood. 
So you're, you're gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna throw hand eye, and I'd be like, I'm gonna throw power. And basically, whoever wins, you know, but if, if I succeed more than you do, I hate you. Mm-hmm. If you succeed more than I do, you block it. Mm-hmm. And like, shatters the whittled piece, wood chips go everywhere into his eyeballs, and yeah. you never see again. Now the uh, and and the way um and, and then like for like say insults or you know stress or whatever like like giving giving out stress like acting for instance would be insulting in a way mm-hmm. um or smarts outsmarting somebody you know things along those lines bravery would be like going no no be like be like hey Matt you stupid head and be like no and you can test that with bravery <laughs> you can test punching with bravery. <laughs> I'm gonna punch you. No, you're not. <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> no, I'm not. So, uh, the way the way actually taking taking damage works is uh, rather than going rather than like say you know rolling a d8 and then you know how much you roll under mm-hmm. or whatnot yeah. is, uh, is how much damage you deal. Yeah. You basically take the amount. You basically, use use dice pulls for this. At this point, if you take the amount that you have in the in the stat. Um, like say you have uh, five in power, and that's how I hit you. I hit you. I, I just straight up punched you in the face because I use power. So I'm gonna take power, and I succeed at hitting. I take power, and then I have five in that. So I'm gonna roll five d8s. The amount of successes I get is the amount of damage I deal. Awesome. And that's pretty much the system. Uh, I uh, I closing I, thoughts. I didn't, I didn't get a name for it. I wasn't able to think of a name. Um, you just called the name of the school. <laughs> I just called, yeah, just uh, the Crystal Rock School for the Artistically Gifted. The Artistically The Artistically Gifted. The Artistically Gifted. Yeah. The Artistically Gifted is the I, engineering school. I applaud you, gentlemen. You both made really interesting ideas from the same ten weird-ass talks, <laughs> and yet they are completely <coughs> different things. Well, because mine, mine involved a very literal use of everything, and Mace involves a more, a less literal use. More Some abstract. things are still used literally, because how the fuck are you going to metaphorically use thermite? <laughs> Cooking with thermite. Cooking with thermite. Why not? Excellent. Excellent. All right. We're going to end this recording. Thanks for listening. I'm Amanda.